You're tuned in to A Story Worth Living, the podcast. I'm your host, Jennifer E. Patterson. I'm an educator, a personal growth enthusiast, and a Jesus girl. And I'm so excited to be able to share stories with you, stories and experiences of everyday people that connect and inspire us to look deeper, to try harder, and to go farther. With that said, I'd like to welcome you to listen to this episode of A Story Worth Living. Adversity, negative circumstances, challenges, unfortunate situations, let's face it, they are definitely a part of life, right? And I'm not saying that lightly. The struggle is real. But that's what we're talking about. We're talking about what we go through, how we go through it, and what all of that means for us, and what it all means to move forward, all things considered. Back when submarines were first being built, designers didn't know much about the shape, you know, in terms of what would work best um, to be able to withstand the pressure of the sea depths. So uh, submarine makers tried lots of different ideas. Well, one author said what they found was that if they built the submarine in the wrong shape, it would collapse when it went too deep underwater. And the reason for that is because the deeper you go underwater, the more water pressure there is. That's because when you're way down underwater, there's more water pushing down on you from above than if you're right at the top. The other thing they learned was that when you're way down deep underwater, the water pressure is the same on all sides of the submarine. In other words, the water pushes just as hard on the top of the submarine as it does on the bottom or on the sides. So that means the best shape for the sub uh, is one that's the same all around it. And that's a circle. And that's the reason that the sub is round throughout the whole length of it. At the ends of the sub, they built it in the shape of a hemisphere. That's like the shape you get if you cut a tennis ball in half. That sounds kind of weird because when you see pictures of submarines, the front end looks like it's pointed. Well, it's actually a bit of both. At the front of the sub, the metal is shaped into a point so that the sub can slide through the water more easily. But what they do is they build an extra wall inside of the pointed wall that's shaped like a hemisphere. Then they set it up so that the water can get in between the two walls. That way the sub can still cut through the water smoothly, but the part that the water pushes against is circle shaped. The design of the submarine is specific to the adversity it must sail through. Well, I'm excited to feature a friend and someone that I actually met during the Notorious 2020. <laughs> and it's Quiana Osborne, and she has been a blessing to me. And um, I know that the world's not ready for her, but she is ready to make her mark on this world. And listening to her talk about her own brand of adversity and, and how she learned to navigate it is both encouraging and it's inspiring. And, and talking with Quiana reminded me how important it is to hang on to hope. And that beauty can certainly rise from the ashes. Let's listen in on her story worth living.
adversity is subjective. So that's what makes it even, I think, even more um, interesting to talk about because everybody doesn't have the same challenges and everybody does not respond the same, right? And it doesn't impact all of us the same way. Uh So my adversity might not necessarily be yours, Right. And your adversity is not necessarily the next person. So I think this is this is going to be really, you know, just some great conversations, um, you know, to find out, you know, what people are thinking. Yeah, we know we know we're we can get, um, you know, we can get down. You know, we, we know that we respond. But who really like spends time, you know, kind of talking this thing out and really, you know, understanding, you know, what's happening. My name is Quiana Osborne. Um, I live in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I work in case management here. I just recently got my master's in social work. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to be on uh, Jen's podcast to talk about adversity. Yeah, and I'm glad that you agreed to come on. Um, it's not, you know, everybody's favorite topic, but it's so, um, I would say, uh, it was, it's almost normal. It's something we all experience, but it's not necessarily something that we're talking about. So, But I know that in talking about, you know, things that we go through, it's encouraging. Yeah. For, for other people as well as ourselves. And so, yeah, adversity, something that's adverse, something that is opposite, you know, what you expected. Um, so, you know, I've gotten to the point where the things that I, I've, I've experienced this as I continue to live, the things that I don't want to happen are actually the things that happen. You know, when you're really young, you're just like, oh, you know, I, I just, you, you can think of the worst things, right? In your opinion, what the worst case scenario is. And you don't want that to happen, right? You just, you just, just you know, you don't want your dog to die. Um, you don't want to get in a car accident. Um, you know, you don't want your best friend to, to move away, you know, stuff like that, right? You, you think about that, you know, you don't want to get fired from your job. Um, you know, you don't want to get into it, you know, with, with somebody that you love. I mean, the, the worst case scenarios, we would love to think, we would love if life were like kind of, you know, even killed and the what worst case scenario. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and like the worst case scenarios don't happen, but, but they do. And I found sometimes that when we focus so much on the bad things not happening, sometimes we trip ourselves up and it still happens. <laughs> Because we're so anxious or nervous that it will happen, that we set ourselves up for it to happen. Definitely. I have a, that's, that's, I have a perfect example of that. So mm-hmm. I've never been really good at skating, but like when I was at Oakwood, I was always in the skating rink, um, like on Saturday <laughs> nights and stuff like that. And I was so envious of the folks who could just like, they're just gliding, you know, they just Same. sliding, the ones who could do backwards and then the music's playing <laughs> and they're just all into the beat and everything. And I would get out on the floor and I would kind of do my thing, but I am, and, and you only find this out in conversation, right? I, I'm not coordinated. I like, I don't have a lot of 
good coordination. So FYI, if you're ever playing on a sports team or whatever, I, you want me to cheer. You don't want me to play because I'm not really good at sports, right? Because it's that coordination that I just don't have. And I'm not mad about it. I just don't have it. So, but I'm out there skating, right? And um, there's, I'm concentrating so much sometimes on not falling. Guess what happens? I fall and go sliding and people see me and yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no. <laughs> I understand completely. Like I'm the same way. Like I'll hold on to that wall and just be legs flailing everywhere. <laughs> the the visual is really good actually. <laughs> Holding on and staying close to the wall, right? Yeah. But once you make it out into the into the the flow mm-hmm. and don't let all these these amazing skaters come by, oh, right? No. And then they're going, you know, those, those lines of skate skaters that yes. everybody's connected. Yes. So that would make me nervous. Right. Mm-hmm. That was, so if I'm out there and I think I'm doing okay, you know, everything's calm. Oh Lord, here comes that line of, of great skaters. And it just, I'm already concentrating over concentrating. And it's just, they have a tendency to just throw me off. <laughs> and then sometimes before I know it, I'm on the floor or I've run into someone. Have you, have you ever done that? Uh-huh. Because I lock up. I lock oh, up. No, I've hit the wall before. You've hit the wall. You listen. Yeah, yeah. Hitting the wall, <laughs> running into someone. I make them fall. We all oh. fall. You know, <laughs> it's those kinds of things. It's, it's, you know, trying to navigate my circumstances. Yeah. It's not easy. Yeah. It's not easy. Um, do I stop skating? Just because I fell? Or because there's a possibility of falling? What do you think? Yeah. Uh, I think that's my mindset. I used to go to the um, the Oakwood like Sunday night lessons so I could learn. Because I was like, how am I at Oakwood? This is literally year four and I still don't know how to skate. Like this is a big thing here. And my dad, my brother, like they skate and I'm just like, why don't I know how to skate? But I did give, like, I would go and just support my friends. I'd be like, yeah, go out there. You got this. I'll watch your stuff. My mindset was like, I've tried this before, and it just literally, for some reason, I'm too nervous to get out there and, like, balance or to focus on where I am instead of the tricks or people going backwards or doing all the cool footwork and Wow. I think you said something key there. You, you mentioned focusing on where you are mm-hmm. in the midst of all these other things that are going on. Mm. Um, I think sometimes challenges can, the way we um, navigate or the way we address challenges can be kind of like that, that, that whole skating experience. I don't know. That could be a very weak analogy, but <laughs> it is what it is. So we're diving into this topic of what it looks like to navigate adversity, um, challenges, um, misfortune, um, circumstances that are less than ideal. And so what's your what's your overall take on adversity? Honestly, when you said unfortunate events, that resonated with me. I feel like adversity is you going through a series of um, things that just don't make sense. Um, you're, you're up against this invisible, uh, 
uh, adversary, if you would like to put it that way. Um, and I think some people like use adversity as like, this is the way I grew up. Like I went through these adverse situations or um, we Christians may say like, there's an adversary that's, you know, um, but I think of adversity as a situation that isn't fair. It doesn't make sense. Um, a setback. And it doesn't matter how many steps you take forward, you just can't seem to get past this wall to whatever your goal is or whatever you know you're walking towards if that makes sense what kinds of walls um have you encountered um what kinds of setbacks um have you encountered that just you know definitely impacted your life <sighs> wow the list could go on forever but um i think in recent years, at least for like 2020, the pandemic was huge for me. Um, and not only did I deal with the pandemic, um, at the beginning of that year, I was of 2020, I lost my job, the pandemic came. So then I was kind of like forced to go home to my parents in St. Louis, because why was I staying here with no job and still, in, you know, and school was online. Um, I also was up against mental health. I, I didn't realize that I was depressed and also dealing with anxiety, like really bad. And <laughs> I don't know how many people are like Google symptom people that like you start <laughs> literally your eyes start twitching like Google why is my eye like <laughs> and so that's some of the things I was like really like looking into why am I staying in the bed all day why don't I want to hang out with my friends when they call me to or why don't I want to FaceTime or um why do I feel happy one moment and then sad the next? Like, where's this drastic shift in my mood coming from? And I didn't realize I was depressed. Like, it, I think a year went by and my best friend told me, she was like, girl, you were depressed. Like, you never want to hang out. You always wanted to be in your room, all this stuff. And I was like, I don't know where that came from, but that's part of, you know, the situation that came with the pandemic um and so I really in 2020 kind of delve into being on the bible app and trying to find devotionals that were dealing with anxiety because I didn't know that's what I was dealing with like for so many years I had had these feelings but didn't actually have a name to put to them and so I was dealing with the pandemic, dealing with mental health, um, dealing with the fact that I was online school. And I don't, for me, like learning online just doesn't correlate with me. <laughs> I need to be there. Somebody actually standing over me like, you need to do this, that, and the other. Or school doesn't really, I don't see it as important for me. Um, 
And then I also like with my master's program, I also had a commitment to come back and work for the county for 18 months. And I, yes, I said I'm working case management at the beginning, but it's not my ideal job. Like this isn't something I'll say, oh, I'm gonna retire from this in 50 years. No. So that's rolling in my mind. Online school is rolling in my mind. Not having a job is rolling in my mind. Um, my grandmother had two strokes. So then her health, that was rolling in my mind too. So it was a series of different events that started happening. And it was like, God, then on top of that, losing people, people passing. And it was like, God, when do we get a break? Like the pandemic wasn't enough. All this is happening on top of that. And you still have to show up at the end of the day. You still have to do your assignments for school. Because yeah, they may give you a little grace for what's going on, but you want this degree, right? So um, those were some of the things that happened to me in 2020. Got to 2021, lost my best friend to a seizure. Um, and, and, and on top of that, I was coming into 2020 with anxiety again about working this new job, being in Pittsburgh without my family, um, navigating adulthood. And it just seemed like, at, and I also was dealing with suicidal thoughts and it was just really a lot. It was just a lot. And it was like, God, I don't, I don't really care to do this. Like, where does my purpose come into? It's like, how am I changing lives? That's yeah. real. And, you know, not that it, this is a, a simple, not that you have a simple response, um, but like, how did you manage to walk through that season? Because that's a lot. There's a lot of things yeah, that were happening. Yeah. How did you get, what, what was, how did you get up every day and, and accomplish what needed to be accomplished or maybe just what you were able to do, you know, that day? What did that look like? Uh, so, um, I don't know where this mindset has come from about just pushing through things, regardless of how you're feeling I and I'm still trying to identify where that came from but that was my mindset last year pushing through regardless of what's going on at the end of the day I may be tired but I still have to present for my class I I may feel uh moody but I still have to be kind to those around me or talk to them with you know respect and stuff like that um I think some of the things that helped me to break those barriers and to still show up was being intentional about reading my Bible. Um, last year, really, I feel like I got super close to God because it was just like, honestly, you don't have all this time you're talking about you don't have. It's, it's, it's now. So reading my Bible, like I said, I was on the Bible app finding the things I was dealing with. I'm dealing with these thoughts of suicide. I'm, I'm feeling um, anxious. I'm, I'm depressed. These were the devotionals that I was looking up to help me get through this. And on top of that, 
journaling. If those devotionals had prompts, I was journaling to answer those questions. Why are you feeling this way? What's going on? Um, what led to these thoughts or these feelings? Um, and also turning that journal into a prayer journal because that seemed like that was my way of talking to God. Instead of sitting on my knees and saying, hey God, I'm feeling depressed again. Um, I don't feel like doing schoolwork again. Like, I, I don't feel like taking care of my grandmother today. Like, this was the way I was able to communicate with him. And I also uh, started, I don't even know how this happened, but I also joined uh, the bridge for the conference that they had for purpose. And that happened like in the summer and I don't know what clicked, but it was like purpose is not a destination. It's something you're, you're constantly working at. Like it's something that's constantly re-evolving. And so that had to be changed in my mindset. I joined the unique group and had a community that was keeping me accountable. Um, so life started making sense again for me. Um, I did a fast, a month fast, where I was getting up at five in the morning to pray. And when I tell you that was a hard month, that was the same month my grandmother had two strokes. She had to come live with us. Um, it was just me and my mom in the house. So I had to like help out more with like cooking and still sh doing my schoolwork and uh, doing this fast, like a, a lot of different moving parts were going on. Um, but yeah, the, the purpose group helped me having a community with the bridge. God gave me a mentor that had been praying about, like I didn't even know that I needed um, to fast and, and pray and, and also be intentional about communicating with God. Those were some of the things that were helping me to get up each day, even though it was still tough, I was still pushing through it. I don't know where that mindset came from, but it just still keep pushing through. What I really appreciate most about how you answered that or how you articulated that is you you showed that pushing through was not a um, a way to disconnect. You know what I mean? You know how sometimes we can we can really just distance ourselves, and that doesn't allow us to deal with or address you know what's happening, or to even feel you know feel everything that's happening while looking for the light. You know what I'm saying? And looking for um, the way out, but it sounds like pushing through for you was your source of strength. Yeah. Like that's where you found what you needed. You know, um, you found something to hook into that helped you keep moving forward, climb out, whatever that is. You know, I think about the, um, it's this old story about um, these frogs and they found themselves in um, like a jar of, what was it? Was it cream? I think. <laughs> Yo, so the sides were steep and everything was slick so they couldn't get out. Right. And mm -hmm. so one of them just kept like paddling, like paddling. And the others were just like, yo, just give it up. Like it's, it, mm -hmm. we're not going to get out of here. 
but he kept, you know, how, you know, and you think about it like, well, what is that going to matter? So right. he just kept paddling, but he turned, I think it was milk and he turned the milk, oh, churned it. So it became solid cool. enough okay. to get out. Right. And so yeah. I, that picture comes to mind as I'm listening to those, those hooks that, that you, whether or not you were looking for them, <laughs> whether or not they came your way and you were just like, yo, I'm just going, I'm, I'm just going to try this. I don't know how this is going to work. But that's what I think about when, you know, when you talk about how you, how you approached what you were, what you were going through, the multiple things you were going through. And thank you for mentioning that it wasn't easy. Um, because that's definitely something that um, is real. Like, it doesn't feel good, right? No. Um, it's tough. It's tough. But you gave us a realistic look at um, what that meant to push. And I really appreciate that. Um, that's pretty awesome. So, yeah, 2020 was, <laughs> yeah. Can we even... Honestly, the year of unmentionables. <laughs> no, really. It it's you know, there's a there's a, a book and a and a movie series of unfortunate events. Yes. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. that's what I think about when I think about mm -hmm. 2020. In fact, when I go back in my mind about amazing things that happened in 2019, it seems like a decade ago. Oh yeah. You know, hopping over 2020. 2020 was just this this year of a, a series of unfortunate events. That's like the, that's the best way to describe it. You know, can we strike it from the record? That, that's how I feel Seriously? about it. Like, can we strike that from the record? And so it, it, and it, it went fast, but it went slow. I, I don't know how to explain that, but it's really that year that's etched, you know, in my mind and I'm sure in your mind in such a way, you know, as it relates to adversity. Mm -hmm. everybody was dealing with something every month it seemed like was trying to outdo the next month it was like oh oh okay exactly <laughs> right and you know one way that I um dealt with just the continued you know manifestation of unfortunate events is you know I call it my meme ministry I had to laugh like yeah. if I didn't do anything else, because there were days where, you know, I just didn't want to get out of the bed. I didn't want to talk to anybody. I didn't want to do anything. I wanted to turn the, the emotional exhaustion off and I couldn't, you know. And so laughing, the memes about 2020, a lot of those saved me. Like humor is my thing anyway, so... Um, that's just, that's one of the ways that I, I had to push through where I had to kind of, uh, try to get those endorphins up, yeah. you know, try to get those good hormones, um, released. Um, cause just a lot of that time I just felt, felt bad. Just, just real talk, just felt bad. Yeah. So, um, what would you say is maybe one of the biggest challenges you faced in your life um and how did you specifically and then how did you um deal with that I feel like I'm the type of person and I don't know if this is good or bad but I'm the type of person I don't like to remember bad things and so when it comes to like 
when people ask you questions like, what's the most embarrassing thing that happened to you? You're like, in the moment, I remember that embarrassing thing. But when it comes to telling you about it, I cannot remember because I don't want to remember it. Um, but the hardest thing and that's just happened this year is losing my best friend. Like I lost her in March, uh, maybe a, a, a week or so after her birthday, uh, 24 years old, lost her to, um, she had a seizure in her sleep. And the, the hardest thing about that was that we had just spent like a month together for Thanksgiving. She had come to, to St. Louis with my family uh, to visit us for the holidays. And I was like, you know, I had just seen her that summer. I think it was like July or something and spent like a month with her and her family. And I was like, this is a lot. Like I've seen each other, this is, this is a lot. But I didn't know like God was preparing me for literally this year and I think the hardest thing about that is understanding where do I fit in the world now? Like my best friend's gone and I felt like, man, she was doing a lot. She would have, if she was still alive, I feel like she'd be super successful like years down the line. Um, and I feel like sometimes I'm complacent or I'm just not doing what I'm supposed to do like walking in that purpose. And I'm like, God, you kept me here. Why did you keep me here? And you took her like, what, where, where is that making sense? Um, and so I would say like, that's been one of the hardest things I've had to deal with this year, still showing up at work, still working with my clients, still wearing a smile on my face. Cause I'm the type of person, I don't like to be sad. I'm the type of friend that cheers everybody else up. And so, um, I found as a result of this, like, I really don't feel bothered hanging out that much. Don't really feel like showing up sometimes at work or even doing things for myself after work. That's um, self-care or replenishing for myself. Um, and it's been a lot of mixed emotions, anxiety, dealing with depression, like back and forth. But I would say like, one of the things that's, or a couple of things that have helped is being a part of a grief group, talking to my mentor every week. Um, even my family like has, like my parents and my, my siblings have shown up more like to call me more. Like we talk pretty much every day now. Uh, we talk every day. Um, even like people checking in on me that I didn't like from school that I didn't, you know, expect to check in on me. Um, I would like to say journaling and reading my Bible has helped, but sometimes I'm not as consistent as I should be. And so it's hard for me to just sit still and be like, oh, these are what, what I'm feeling. God, I'm really upset. I'm, I'm, I'm disappointed that this has happened. But I would say that's probably one of the biggest things because I, for the longest time, had become numb to death. It was like people, and I don't even know, just last year and this year together, like, it was like, oh, 
somebody else pass and you drop a few tears and then you push on and keep going. But to lose a best friend that's the same age as you, that's literally in grad school, that just turned 24, that was doing what they're supposed to do, uh, head on their shoulders. It just makes you sit and say, oh, am I next, Scott? Like, who, who's next? Like, what's going on? You can't even say people are going to live to an old age anymore. So. Yeah. Do you definitely see this as a journey? Oh, yeah. A roller coaster, honestly. Yeah. So. I love the imagery. I, I work well with imagery <laughs> and with pictures because that's how I process. So you mentioned the roller coaster. And so um, growing up, I tried to ride roller coasters, but I really can't because I have a little bit of motion sickness, which makes me feel super out of control when I'm on. So certain rides I can do and uh, I don't touch certain ones. And so the thing about a roller coaster is it starts off real smooth, right? Mm -hmm. Even when it's going up, it's making that climb, it's going real. There's no, you know, it, it's, it's a beautiful day. The sky is the blue, you know, the birds are singing, we're climbing, we're climbing in altitude. But if you look out ahead of you, you can see those twists and turns. Mm -hmm. You can see the, the drop or before you got on the ride, you could hear the screams and all of that, right? So a roller coaster starts off slow and it, it gradually picks up speed and then it just goes crazy, right? Yeah. You know how you feel when you're in the, the middle of the going crazy? Yeah. What it, for me, I'm hanging on with dear life for dear life. <laughs> I'm like, I need this to be over now. Yeah. I, I can't wait to the we go through the last whatever it is and it starts to slow down and we coast back into the station. Do you, do you feel like that is kind of the progression? Um, I know you're walking through this now. You're like in this now, Yeah. but can you see, do you feel like there's going to be um, some resolution at some point where um, you'll be out of the, the twisty and the turny and the, and the upside down where you'll be able to still, you know, honor her and remember her, but it won't be the same, the same level of pain. Um, if that makes sense. Yeah, I know it does make sense. I would say like now we are with this Greek group. I think we're like in session eight and it really used to irritate me every time the facilitator would be like, okay, say your name and why you're here. Why do I have to keep saying that? Like, I understand there's new people here. Just realize somebody lost somebody and we're all crying here, okay? And that used to really bother me. But like we're in session eight now and it's a bit easier to say, I'm here because my best friend passed a couple months ago. And I still get emotional sometimes. My brother just preached a sermon like two weeks ago and he was talking about feeling real pain. And he described this whole situation down to the day I called him. And I just got emotional because I could see it. I could see 
and I could remember the flashback of how I felt when her brother called me. Um, I don't know. I don't know how I feel right now. Um, I was just thinking like, I'm constantly having to be reminded that God has me. Um, at the beginning of the year, God gave me, I went, I was in Huntsville for a, another family member's funeral and God gave me this dream so vivid. I don't even know what the rest of what was going on, but he said, I'm not through with you yet. And when I tell you, every time I think of those words, like when I actually like, and I have a sticky note on my wall, literally saying, I'm not through with you yet, sign God. And the date that he told me, because I have to constantly remind myself that if God told me he's not done with me yet, better days are coming. And that doesn't mean all is going to look good. All is going to be good. But there's a process that I have to go through in order to get to that point or to be able to help somebody else through the pain I'm experiencing so that they can make it through as well. And so that has, and my mom is constantly reminding me that because we like to say like pain propels purpose. That's one of the things I learned through the purpose conference last year, pain propels purpose. And she's like, you have to go through all the motions. You have to journal your feelings. You have to uh, constantly stay on your knees, praying to God about these things that you're going through and you're feeling because through this journey or this roller coaster your pain and your process is supposed to help somebody else whatever we go through in life is not in vain so and I don't know if that brings comfort to anybody that what you're dealing going through or dealing with is supposed to help somebody else get through but sometimes it does bring me comfort that I'm supposed to help somebody else that lost their best friend, or I'm supposed to help somebody else dealing with anxiety or depression or suicidal thoughts or feeling like they're not making a difference in life or that they're all alone and just going through life by themselves. It kind of does bring me peace. And so that's, that's one of the reasons why I post sticky notes literally on my wall everywhere to like remind me of scriptures that are supposed to help me get through um, and to constantly be reminded that God's not through with me yet. That's why I'm still here. Like that's why I still am breathing because there's something that I have to do. Only I can do. That's why I'm here. That is powerful. That is powerful. Like you said a lot there. And I think the conclusions that we draw from the situations that we face are what actually propels us forward. That's the catalyst for moving forward and for navigating adversity. You said that God has me. You said that God shared with you that he's not through with you yet. You said um, that it gets better, that better days are coming. It does not um, erase how you feel or it does not you know, discount what happened, but it does give what I hear a sense of hope. And in my experience, hope is that, is, is that thing that gets you through. Hope allows you to see, um, 
allows you to think of, allows you to um, imagine what's beyond what's going on right now. So that's what I hear, you know, as you explain that. And um, of course, <laughs> I thought about this poem, um, Emily Dickinson. It's an old, old poem, English lit. You probably remember this, but oh, yes. um, it's entitled Hope is a Thing with Feathers. And I just wanted to share that because that is what is, is, is coming to mind. Hope is a thing with feathers that perches in the soul and sings the tune without the words and never stops at all. So I'm thinking even through adversity, hope is hanging on. Yeah. And sweetest in the gale is heard and sore must be the storm that could abash the little bird that kept so many warm. I've heard it in the chillest land and on the strangest sea, yet never in extremity it asked a crumb of me. It's, it's, it's like hope is self-sustaining. Um, and when we grab onto that, and I think that that's something that God provides for us. And I think that you have a, um, a distinct grasp on that. Um, that, that is what I, I feel like that is what allowed you to push through that allowed you to identify those things that um, are giving you strength, that are nourishing you um, as you are continuing to navigate your, your um, challenges. And so, you know, thank you for sharing that level of hope and for um, just really painting a picture and letting people know that, you know, it's not, it's not the end. It's um, it's real, but it's not the end. And so that's that, that's kind of what I, that's kind of what I'm hearing. Okay, let me let me just say this first. There's a verse in uh, Psalms nine one uh, that says, "I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. I will recount all of your wonderful deeds." And I translate this verse to be that we have to have some documentation of what's going on in our life. And being a social worker, I literally, social workers, we love evaluation. We like to see that what we're implementing, what we're um, helping a family with or servicing them with is actually working. And if it's not working, then we have documentation about that and we can move to the next thing. For me, that documentation or that evaluation has been journaling. Now I'm not consistent all the time, but I can say with 2020 passing, literally there's documentation of, of at least a, a couple of things that happened to me. And not only the bad things that happen or the, the frustrating things, but God also answering prayers of things I have been praying to him about. Um, and I don't know how that looks for you to document it. Maybe you need to write notes in your phone or put sticky notes on the wall. I don't know how that, that looks for you, but understand that if you are going through a difficult situation and I have a sticky note on my, my, uh, wall to remind me that while we're waiting on God to do whatever he, you know, is promised to do in our life he is molding us he's shaping us and he also is transforming us 
And I based that off of Revelations uh, 5, 3 through 4, where it's talking about not only that, not only are we rejoicing in our suffering, uh, knowing that our suffering produces endurance. And that endurance produces character and the character produces hope. And so that just makes me think that we're being shaped in this process. Whatever that process looks like, the difficulty, if it's separation from a spouse or losing a child, or maybe um, you lost a job or you're being stripped of the people in your life that you thought were supposed to be your friends or the half your back, whatever that is, God is shaping you into something. And that process is meant for you to help somebody else with. We all have a story to tell. We all have um, something that we've been through. And although it's hard, and, and, and I'm, I'm, I can be selfish sometimes. I'm like, why do I have to go through this stuff to help somebody else? Like, they can't go through their own stuff. <laughs> but, you know, like, don't give up, okay? God may have not given you a dream that said he's not through with you yet. But just know if you woke up today, if you wake up tomorrow, if you wake up 10 years down the line, he's not through with you yet. There's something that only you can do that he's put you on this, 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 this earth to help somebody else get through. Um, and I would encourage you, journal it, write it down. Even if you have to say, today I got a flat tire and I don't understand why that happened, but okay, make it, reveal it to me, God. Like you never know because you want to remember those things so that you can encourage other people that are dealing with the same thing that you're dealing with. Um, or, you know, give them some tips and advice. God is not, he's, he hasn't left you. You're not alone. Um, I, I didn't realize with 2020 passing, like that really made me more aware of mental health. I didn't realize that. I mean, you know, I didn't realize, I mean, sometimes we think that people dealing with mental health is just like, oh, they're, on the side of the road or something, they're homeless or they grew up in this type of environment or they don't have this type of income. No, everybody's dealing with it, seriously. And you're not alone. If that's what you feel right now, I just want you to know you're not alone. I'm telling you all this stuff right now and things that have been helpful for me, but I'm still dealing with stuff myself. And Jen's dealing with stuff. Like, we're all going through something. So just know, like, there is a brighter day at the end of, you know, um, you will get through. Um, your story is meant to impact somebody else and inspire someone else. But we do have to go through this shaping process, this molding, this transformation um, in order to make it to where God would have us to be this ideal Christian or ideal person. Thank you for being transparent and just just for being willing to share because um, I know that's not easy. And but I know that it's going to it's really going to encourage somebody. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode of A Story Worth Living. And be sure to check out 
new episodes that drop on Wednesdays. Oh, and don't forget to consider your own story worth living in the meantime. We'll see you next time.